Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. We are across the street and around the world. Cheyenne Hills. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. And I have with me in studio Joe Ramirez. Mm-hmm. And Joe, thanks so much for showing up, and I uh, appreciate you being here. For, I can tell by your shirt that you are in the South Triad, which yes. I think is triad number one. Is that correct? Um, area Resident area one. On the resident ballot. area no, one. On the, okay, that's good. One on the and um, tell us a little bit about you. Have you have you run for school board before? Have you run for any office before? Is this first time? Tell us no. a little bit about your journey. No. Born and raised in Cheyenne. Okay. So I'm a little dated. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I should tell you my age or not. But anyway, <laughs> I've been around Cheyenne for a while. My family goes back a long time as well. So okay. 1917, my mom was born in Silver Crown. Oh, wow. Uh, my grandparents came from Mexico. So we go back that far. Yeah. Um, so I've been around Cheyenne forever. Wow. I've uh, been in jobs. So I never, when I retired, I retired from a different uh, series of jobs. So okay. I worked for the State Department of Education, was a consultant uh, for special education and IDEA. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's IDEA anymore, but it was IDEA at the time. So uh, I traveled to schools, was on accreditation visits, right. reviewed standards, reviewed curriculum. So that part of my experience. I've You've also, been around yes, a lot. Yes. That's so really good there. to know. Um, and then also been involved with the creation again of the South uh, representation. Okay. So we've had representation prior to when it was called a uh, cluster system. Then we went to the at-large system, which didn't seem to be fair for some areas like the South Side. Okay. That had board members on it, but didn't live or even concern themselves about the South Side or the Sun Valley area, because the South Triad also includes Southeast Wyoming. I mean, not Southeast Lamar County. I'm sorry, and it includes Bain, Lephart, Fairview, and okay. Sunrise. Okay. So we're uh, bookend by two great schools. Sunrise on one end, and then Goins on the other side. Yes, by South and, okay. and Johnson Junior High. Well, thank you for the, no one's really laid that out. I really don't. I mean, I knew that if you go to the South, you're probably in that South Triad, right, right. but <laughs> but it's not perfect yeah. the way I understand it. Yeah, right, it's right. the the lines aren't exactly it's the same as the Triad. So, yeah. but so just help me and understand too. I've I've tried to make this clear because I think people need to know this is right. the first year that they've had everyone will vote for a an at large. Uh, member of yes, the school board, that's yes, correct. Yes, yes, and yes. then if you're in a particular triad, like yours is a South number one, area one, um, they will vote for one in the, within their triad and right. one at large. Is that correct? Right, right. All right. correct, correct. So I think it's a, as it's new this year, I'm just trying to get everybody uh, right, running right, start on it. Right. It's like, make sure you understand this is a right. kind of a new system that people are doing this year. Well, I want to ask you a couple of questions. The um, okay. uh, Nathan Winters is uh, usually here with me, and he's the one that can ask really good questions. And so I, I had to write them down, Joe. No, I mean, I, I can't fine. even I can't that's even ho- you know hold water for this guy. I just I have to read read. Uh, um, but before I get to that, so you gave us a little bit of a history of who you are. Is there any is there a particular uh, issue a particular reason why did you put your name in the hat this year? Well. I've been fighting injustice for a long time. Okay. 2018, hate reared its head in McCormick. Okay. With flyers and everything else. Not only hate speech, but just actions. Being a 
again, a Cheyenne resident all my life, Southside resident for over 25 years. Even though I've experienced certain things, I've never experienced that outright kind of hate. Hmm. So that was new to me, and, that, and I'm like, I can't have that in Cheyenne, okay. being born and raised here. So that was one of the reasons. So that happened. Three families left, African-American families left Cheyenne. So we lost culture. Hmm. And then this year, hmm. we lost, again, three, maybe four families from the African-American community because of racial harassment at our school districts really? and our schools. Yes. So that kind of hate can't exist no, in Cheyenne. No, I agree with you. Well, I, and that's, so that, that was, is a shame. That was I'm one sorry reason. about that. Yeah, so that was one reason. Wow. Again, the, the representation. Wow. My, my motto for this run is representation matters because we haven't had a voice for over 20 years that I know of in the South Side and the Sun Valley area. So I always got to remember the Sun Valley area okay. is part of that South Triad. Okay. So so not just the historic South Side or the South Side where South is, but mm-hmm. Sun Valley as well. Okay. So those are the, the two things. And then, again, the stuff about banning books. I'm a reader. I'm a reader from way back. So mm-hmm. you have to explore. And sometimes you get involved with the kind of books you probably shouldn't. <laughs> so... You know, that was, yeah. Well, let's let's dive into that one because that I that's a big part of of my concern too. Because I, I you know I as a religious person, I have scripture that kind of that drives my mm-hmm. my thinking, mm-hmm. and the the one that really got me involved in this whole discussion was a curriculum situation. Mm-hmm. A family from our church had a second grader, and there was a book about same sex attraction, and they were pushing back on it, and they got us involved and said, hey, you know, I'm trying to do the best thing here. How should we do this? And they they didn't, they weren't ugly about it. They were just saying, here's a second grader. Why are they being exposed to same-sex attraction in their classroom? And so that was the question. It got me involved. This was several years ago. Um, we took this idea and to the school board. This is when I realized really how much power the school board had. There was a verse that came to my mind. Jesus said, if anyone who causes one of these little ones who love me to stumble... It would be better to have a millstone wrapped around his neck and be cast in the bottom of the sea. Um, I've gone on a trip to Israel, and I've seen in Capernaum where Jesus said those words, and there's a millstone, and it's massive, mm-hmm. and it's not a flotation device. It's a big, big stone, and the sea is right behind it. So the picture is very clear, you know, and to me, a little one. I And then right after that, he talks about... Uh, the, let the children come to me. And so I think he's definitely talking about children. I'm going to say best guess under sixth grade. So my concern of this whole thing, when it comes to curriculum, I know people, kids are going to be exposed to a lot of things. I get that. But but is there, um, can you see the, the reason to, I mean, this is kind of my why, is try to protect the hearts and minds of those, those young kids. And there's some curriculum that our kids are being exposed to that's in libraries that, um, how, how are you going to deal with with the questions of, okay, some people see this as very serious, and some of it's even pornography. I've I've been exposed to some of these books that are in our in our libraries, in our high school, and our junior highs. Uh, how are you going to deal with the curriculum issue uh, when it comes to I don't know things that are pornography in nature, or you know, in one particular one is helping uh, understand transgender and mm-hmm. and shows a lot of graphic material and how. Uh, it's it's very graphic. Um, what's your thoughts on curriculum? So, what schools would that be in? Well, it's in, in it's in Cheyenne's district in the school in the libraries. I think all libraries. of our school libraries. Now, I don't do recall I... that being in there. Okay. And I'm a supporter of librarians and okay. a supporter of libraries. Right. And we have an opt out system in okay. Laramie County, 
that says you can opt out of any reading material that you yeah. want to, and you just give it to the librarian and you give a list. And even beyond that, you have a challenge policy in mm -hmm. the district that says, I want to challenge the book th th that I found in there. And beyond that, you have a committee after that that looks at the book that you're challenging to right. see if it's appropriate to be in the library. Yeah. So once again, being part of accreditation team, being part of other teams where I've been in school districts and schools in South Triad and other parts of Cheyenne just recently, this stuff just recently came up. So I don't know what yeah. curriculum they're talking about. I'd have to look Th at this it. This is not necessarily a curriculum. Okay. There are some things in the curriculum okay. that are of concern, but these yeah. are more just in the library. Okay, but, but they'd have to show me which libraries because I've volunteered in okay. Goings and Hebert, and I don't recall a librarian in, in the schools. Uh, I think these were high school. The, the ones that are more pornography or the... I think the high school and junior high libraries. Okay. So again, if you have a problem with that book, if you find that, yeah. then you take it to the local library and you say, I have a problem with that book as a parent. Okay, so some parent. of this has happened. Okay. This this very thing so, happened as I'm telling you. Right. And there's this this book that, that was brought to the fore because it was in a second grade's classroom. Now this this was frustrating in my opinion because it wasn't just in the library, it was in the classroom. Okay. And okay. so um, and the, basically the whole question of opt-in, opt-out was, was brought up to my attention. And so, but I, do you really, I mean, just like know what you think about human nature, I guess. You know, I can remember being uh, a young kid and they, if there was something questionable or something tantalizing of any kind, you know, you, your parent may have opted you out of something, but somebody's going to have, be able to check that book out and everybody's going to get access to it. So really, does this opt-in, opt-out, do you really think that's an effective way to, to, um, to, or would it be better? I think the other argument is, is just why do we have these even in our libraries for accessible at all, or in the classrooms, accessible all to our grade school kids? Okay. But once again, you'd have to show me the curriculum because I don't I've got know it. which it's curriculum. It's my office. It's, which, which it's, a, it's a book, not okay. curriculum. So which book? And, okay. And Again, if you didn't like that as a parent, I believe you could still go to the principal. If the principal, I did. you know, I being did from the military, I was in the military, so you follow a chain of command. Yeah. So you follow a chain of command the same way with the district. Exactly. And if you don't get resolution, I believe you still have a right to appeal whatever decision is made. So you always have a right as a parent yeah. about what access your student has. So, so there's no restriction that I know of that restricts a parent's ability to say what their students should be allowed to access or not access. Well, they can opt out, that's, and that's okay. for sure. That's that's true. But okay. I mean, my point is those kids are going to – someone's going to get that book, and someone's going to look at that book, and it's going to be – if it's in any, any way tantalizing, well, kids are going to see it. And that's like, I was why should it even be in there? I was educated in St. Mary's okay. Catholic School. Okay. So I'm sure St. Mary's Library, at the time that I was being educated – had sexually orientated material in it in the library okay. that children had access to, um, me being one of them. And you could call it as simple as a biology book that showed naked pictures of folks and like, oh, my God. But then again, if there's other books that that parent feels currently, yeah. currently. So, again, I come back from the old school, once again, how I was educated as well. My children got educated very well in our South Triad schools in Johnson and Central. So I have no beef against the education system. But 
if a parent, again, feels like their rights are being violated Mm -hmm. by whatever's being offered in that curriculum, Mm -hmm. I believe they have the right to probably even pull that student out and ask for private education within yeah, for sure. that system. Yeah, so that's, that's the I don't option. think there's a... Not a, everybody can afford that, but that is the option. No, but even within the school system, maybe you create a one-on-one situation where they're learning if that parent doesn't want them in that particular so classroom. So as a, as a um, school board person, this question comes to the board mm-hmm. uh, because that's really where the, the, really the power lies. Mm-hmm. Because I, I did meet with the principal. Mm-hmm. He passed mm-hmm. me on to the... He said, this is above my head. I went Mm -hmm. to the people he asked me to come to. I talked to them, and they said, well, basically, it landed on the school board. I went to them, and they basically believe it's like we basically have to cater to all kids with Mm -hmm. all different kinds of sexual orientation, with all different kinds of – and so it's exposed to everybody, and that's the reason. So I've I've actually done these things. So so now really the question is back to you as a potential school board person. Um, uh, a member uh, to be elected, you know, what would you, if this question comes to the board and says, you know, this is, this is a, a same sex attraction book. It's in a elementary school classroom and a parent is definitely wanting this to remove from the class. What's your, what well, would you say to that? Once again, the parent has that right. Yeah. If other parents complain, then you have a group of parents. Complaining okay. About That's fair. That. Okay. Yeah. But one parent, you try to resolve the issues. Yeah. A group of parents, you probably look at what's being taught. That's in a that. really good point. And okay. I, don't, I don't know if I heard anybody so, ever use that as an example. So once again, I deal. It's true. Uh, my background is grant writer. My background is a, a lot of social service, human service. Okay. We always had to look for solutions rather than saying, oh, what's the issue here? That's good. So solution is, okay, one parent, we can maybe hopefully resolve it. A group, then we better start listening. Okay. That's okay. an interesting insight. I. Okay. Appreciate that. Here's okay. here's one that, that Nathan had. And I'm I'm just going to read it because mm-hmm. I can't articulate it perfectly. Okay. Okay. He said this is a recent news report from Sweetwater County County here in Wyoming. We read of concerns from local parents who were told that the school district had every right to withhold information from parents regarding how their children would present themselves at school. This has created a scenario where parents would be informed whether the child would receive an ibuprofen for a headache and yet not talk about it, about their identity. Do you, if this comes to a school board and you're on that school board, how are you, how are you going to address this issue? Well, again, um, not telling the parents, you have to be transparent. You have to be honest. Yeah. You have to have a, a, a trustee with integrity. Yeah. Once again, I would sit down with the parent or the group of parents and listen to them. You always have to be able to listen mm-hmm. without, without uh, bringing your ego in. Or even your value system. You got to get that kind of out the door and listen to the folks that are that are talking. Right. Stories are the most powerful action you can hear. A story from a person, and you see that pain, or you see that happiness, or you feel, you see that anxiety. You know something's up. Mm-hmm. I got a psychology degree. I've got some social work background. Again, gobs of experience in social work and, and human service work. So, my work has always been around human behavior. You talked about that earlier. Right. So it's always been observing and how do we react to human behavior, especially when it's in a, in a kind of conflictual, hostile kind of environment or the way it's presented. So um, I, I'm just, I'm gathering from your, your answer. I get what you're saying, but would you, do you believe that the, in policy, now I get what you're going down the road with, uh, you know, gathering, listening to parents, but just in a policy kind of thing, would you be in favor of withholding information from parents 
about their children's, they want to transition from male to female. Do you think it's, in fact, they were told in Sweetwater County, they, the teachers must withhold this information mm-hmm. from, do you think well, that's a... Fortunately, that's the right of Sweetwater County. Once again, this is Laramie County School District, and I don't believe we've done that yet, but, or even have proposed it. Okay. But once again, we're going to a triad system where East Central and South have to agree on whatever's going on, and then make that agreeable with the at-large seats. Okay. That can, and, and if that's going to be an issue that comes up with the new board, then that is something we will have to address. Okay. And and again, it will take the concerns of, I believe, more than one parent. So a group of individuals sounds louder than one. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a, that's a I appreciate that insight. Um. One of the things that I've 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 talked to, you know, I told you I went up this chain of command because that's I'm just following. Well, it's above my head. You need to go here, and so I found out really the where the power lies really in in our community about the hearts and minds of our kids really lies in the school board. So this is a very influential board that we have in our in our community, and I think it's certainly true in in all communities across the land. I think people are kind of coming to understand that. And that's the, honestly the reason for this is like, okay, what do you believe in and how to how are we going to have people informed about what you believe and understand? Mm-hmm. But one of the questions I ask a school board member, um, they claim to, to be probably the same kind of the same faith or same lens that I look through. And I said, well, how does how has that impacted your decision making? And you may have a personal uh, conviction about something and. Uh, and yet policy-wise would vote in a complete different way, maybe about curriculum or about um, some, some policy in, in the school. It's like, should, should a person check their, their convictions at the door or just, can your convictions, should they impact how you, you know, how you vote and how you're going to carry out what you do? Do you have a, you have a thought on that one? Well, I pray a lot. Okay. I don't necessarily go to church, but I pray a lot. My grandma and my mom and my uncles all said out there is God. Okay, mm-hmm. So I, I have conversations with God. Mm-hmm. And I ask God about a lot of things, mm-hmm. which way I should go, how I should look. Not how I should look personally, but how I should look at things. Yeah. So you always got to take a view of that. And then how do I incorporate that in my everyday life? Yeah. And as a board of trustees, I mean, I would probably do that as well. But I'm not going to say you have to be a Catholic and, no, and go with yeah. this or that. I'm just going to say I hope that my view of spirituality and and faith helps me come to the correct decision I can, to right. the best decision I can. Right. Um, but again, people don't need to really know what kind of faith I am. They'll see it by the actions that mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. And and honestly, that kind of gets back to my the main thing. It's like I really do believe that we need to be able to to protect that that child. I mean, one of the arguments. That's under the age of sixth grade. I, you know, the argument though is this: they're going to get the information somehow. They can get it on the internet. They can get it on their own. Mm-hmm. And the the question I have is: so how how does exposing kids to maybe whether it's transgender or so, anything sexual? Why why does the school system have those things? Um, and I'm not talking sexual biology like you're talking about. I'm talking about there are. There are pictures in these books that are acts of of sexuality. How does 
how does that improving reading, writing, arithmetic, how does that improving the education of our kids? I think that's a question that a lot of parents are asking. Once again, please show me. Show me the book. Show me the class. Show me the school. Show me where it's happening within the school district and that the school district's aware of that happening as well within within that school or that principal's allowing it to happen. I've been all around the schools. Like I said, I was a volunteer earlier, so I volunteered at Hebert and Goings. But I've been all around the South Triad schools, all around the Cheyenne schools. Again, I don't know when this issue came up. 2018, the issue of hate came up. So maybe this issue that we need to start protecting our children against whatever's being allowed for them to see, once again, in the classroom, things are pretty much under the control of that teacher. Hmm. They teach a certain curriculum the best way they know how to and to the uh, diverse population of students that we share. Okay. Once again, if a parent is offended, if my mom was offended, I would assume she'd go talk to the priest first Mm. rather than the nun. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So she'd go talk to the priest and then that priest would go talk to the nun. Okay. The priest is similar to like the principal. She'd like cut the, cut the line and like, I'm going to go to the top guy. Okay. <laughs> and and get resolution from that. So that was my mom's style. And and again, most parents should use that style. Yeah. You don't like it? It's your right to disagree with any decision that goes on to in this school district. Yeah. And I want to be willing to listen to all those concerns yeah. that are not only in the South Triad, but are around the Cheyenne area. For sure. Again, rather than where and again, we can deal with the sexual books and whatever. We have low grade, low low test scores. Yeah, all over Cheyenne, yeah. we got to deal with that. In in the South Triad, we have low equity scores, which means how do we serve underserved students? Hmm. You know, yeah. th- that to me is a bigger concern than maybe. Once again, if you are the parent of concern, I would listen to you. And so, how do we resolve it? Yeah, what's the resolution? Well, I went all these steps. I did all the okay. So, what can be our next step? May we go to State Department of Education? And, and take it to there. Go above the head of the superintendent of public schools. Hmm. So there's always a level above that level. Yeah. One, one question, and you kind of brought this up, and I just maybe drill down because this is a question that Nathan asked, um, is who is, in your opinion, uh, who is the client um, of, the, of the school? Is it the, is it the teachers? Is it the students? Is it the parents? Who's the client that... Um, that you know, you'll be represented on that school board. Who's who would you say that that client is? All of the above. Okay. Okay. Because I have to represent the interest of all those principals. Okay. Those ten out el- well, actually nine, because one principal serves two schools. So now nine elementary principals, mm-hmm. the one South High and Junior High. So I got to listen to those guys. Mm-hmm. Got to listen to the teachers and the support staff. So the psychologists, librarians. So, and then you got to listen to the parents and their concerns, then the, mm-hmm. the students and their concerns, then also that community that involves the South Triad to get involved, the business community as well. So everybody's going to be involved. My head's going to be pretty spinning, mm. listening <laughs> to a lot of voices in there. But well, you have to listen to sounds... all those voices uh, to make decisions for the best interest of the South Triad. Yeah. It sounds like that's been a, kind of been a part of your career in general. It's, it's, the there's a lot of listening. <laughs> And, and taking it, taking it, in information. It has, so it has yeah. been. So, so I mean, you gotta be a good listener. Yeah. To deal with, how do I effectively communicate with the person? Yeah. Again, like I said, I've been in a lot of situations where there's been heated discussions. Sure. 
and I've got heated myself. So I'm not going to say I'm, I'm a saint. Yeah. So I've got heated as well. But I've had to learn how to tone down my discussion and yeah. listen really, really well. Yeah. Because sometimes folks that are talking are in some pain. And so how do we figure out the pain that's going on in their life yeah. and kind of resolve it? And maybe part of that pain is just trying to deal with the district that's going also through some changes. Mm -hmm. And how do we really effectively teach children now? Yeah. 2022. Yeah. And, and is it at an age appropriate that we include yeah. those other subjects? I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to really look at it. Yeah. I, I really would as a trustee. That, that's probably, that's honestly the age appropriateness has been driving me really yeah. the most yeah. in this, in this whole discussion. Well, we've, we're kind of running to the end oh, of our time. Wow. Yeah, no, it goes fast, <laughs> doesn't it? It's, but you've, you've been, I've really appreciated talking with you. And well, so thank you. any thank final, do you have anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to swerve in a certain direction or uh, did we cover everything? Actually, we, we, uh, again, in the South triad, I don't know about the other uh, triads, but we have a high concentration of students of color, okay. which means a lot of parents are speaking Spanish again in Cheyenne. Okay. Just like when I was growing up, a lot of parents spoke Spanish as well. Yeah. So we've got to deal with that. Okay. Okay. And so I'm doing a bilingual campaign. Okay. I'm practicing my Spanish that I lost many years ago. So oh, I'm wow. practicing my Spanish again as I go around the neighborhood. So I can have, again, communication, yeah. have an effective communication with the bilingual and the monolingual Spanish parents mm. of the South Triad. Yeah. So representation matters. Reputación importa. Uh, Same deal. Very good. Well, thank you so much. Thank, thank Joe. You. I really do appreciate you coming in, taking your time. And as for you out there, that's we as a church just wanted you to be exposed to these candidates, exposed to the ideas, and that you can make an informed decision as you go to the the polling booths. And so, as I I always sign this little podcast off as uh, as it says in Joshua that when we approach things in life, we are Joshua's commanded to be strong and very courageous. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in.